0: Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello again. Welcome to Voice of Hope. Chris Sasser along with Troy Peverell. And we are here today having what, um, Troy, uh, quite honestly might be a
1: really, really important conversation. It's, it is the most important conversation. Yeah. And
0: what we're going to do is we're just really going to talk about kind of the the idea of walking Uh, The path of repentance, and um, it's you know a a story that a lot of people have in life, and some people's stories are kind of bigger and longer than other people's stories. But for the most part, we all have a walk towards repentance. And so, one of the things we want to let everybody know right off the bat is is we would love to hear your story of repentance. We know everybody's got one. One of the ways that we'd love to get that from you is you can go to our website. It's mi1.net, and uh, right up on the right hand side it says email us, and you can click that. And just share a little bit of your story of your repentance. Like how have you walked towards God and with God through your life and, and it kind of experienced his grace and his mercy because um, it is something that we all need and that's what we're going to be talking about here over the next couple of weeks. And so Troy, uh, I know this has been on your heart for a long time to talk about this, so yeah, jump in.
1: This is a just this my whole life in ministry just started with this topic. And I'm sure we'll get into some of this. And when I was thinking about this topic, it's it's sin is one of the words and repentance is one of the words I believe that uh, is it's hard to think about. And I think we we don't intentionally think about these two words. Um, And I when I ask myself, like, why is that? I think there's just this immediate. Uh, fleshly nature to feel shame, and when I think about that, I'm like, that is so not needed anymore because of Jesus. And so we truly are free in this process to to think about sin, to think about repentance, and w- what this brings to our life. It's it's a story of victory. It's not a story of shame, and so. This is a topic that I, I would love to see listeners and people uh, in our walks of life begin to really see that this is, this is a good thing to actually talk about because this is what our faith is about.
0: Yeah, and it does seem that every time you kind of just even mention the word, hey, we're going to talk about sin, people just sort of recoil. (laughs) Guilty as charged, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, who wants to talk about our our sin and our shame? I think one of the reasons Mm. why, Troy, and tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like whenever people think about that, they go to their deepest, darkest place. Right. You know, instead of, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of sin that we deal with every day that all of us, could and should be talking about, but if you challenge me to talk about my sin, right. I, I ain't going there. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, and this, I mean, when we look at the scriptures, I mean, we see the story of redemption after after every, I mean, just one story after the other, and God did not leave out the details. And so when I, there's just this thought that I have sometimes when it comes to this, is I almost and I don't mean to be irre- irreverent. I don't mean to be anti-anything when it comes to what God is and the truth of who God is. But I almost get this feeling of, of Jesus laughing, not at our sin, but laughing at the fact that it's done. That no matter our deepest, darkest, or our struggle daily, that Jesus, he truly paid, paid it all. And so why would I need to be ashamed of it anymore? Because it's, it's done.
0: What's coming to my mind is a, it's almost like a, ble- oh, bless your heart <laughs> kind, of, kind, of, kind of feel, right? Jesus is like, oh, you know, right. bless your heart. Right, right, right. <laughs> you don't get
1: it. You yeah. don't understand. Oh, no, but it's, it's uh, you know, and I, I think I might have mentioned this. I'll just go ahead and go there. Uh, Chris, somewhere in the past, either talking to just you or even on the air uh, once before, when I look back at my uh, time where I, where the Lord got a hold of my life, there were a few things that ha- that happened that were very specific. And I know not everyone's story, everyone's story is different different in the sense of how they go towards God. Um, but one of the things that was really clear is God gave me a word to just say, hey, "Keep your eyes, if you keep your eyes set on me, I'm going to use you." And for years, I was embarrassed to say this next part um, until another time in the future. But I, I'm going to use you to reach thousands from dying in their sin. And and I used to tell people that the Lord was going to use me to reach people from dying in their sin. You I, you left out the I thousands out part the number. Yeah. Because at the time, I'm like, I'm like, well, who do you think you are, Troy, for, for that number? You know, like and at the time, I think I'm when it happened i was like 20 years old and so i couldn't get my mind around it and it was, i was just thinking man i'm crazy that wasn't the lord but and now i'm looking okay i thought at the time that means i'm going to end up in some kind of church ministry and i did for a few years um but it wasn't till about year mark 7 8 or 9 10 years into counseling that the number made sense to me because um, I had always questioned it, and I realized, look, I sit in a room, and I see, you know, the clinical world would would not call it this, because psychology are, is not, it's a science, it's going to only study what can be proved, and how can you prove God, so they don't go down that road, but in the clinical world, we see the manifestations of lives who are Entrenched in what the spiritual or the Christian world would know as as sin patterns, and yet there's victory in 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 who Jesus is. If if there was not an issue with sin and repentance, Jesus did not need to come. Mm -hmm, That's right. And so, I mean, he he came to seek and save the lost. He came to to die for our sin. That is the victory mark right there. So when I look back in about seven, eight, nine years, right in uh, counseling. Um, I was walking down the street in Wilmington, North Carolina, and a, a woman came up to me and she, she said pretty much what I had heard years prior, that God's going to use you to reach thousands. And I'd already been in counseling for 10 years. And I, my wife and I looked at each other and I was in shock. And I went home and I'm like, I don't get it. This thought came to my mind, open up your file cabinets. And I opened up my file cabinets, and I realized well over thousands of people had I counseled through the years in church ministry as well as in uh, the clinical world. And I don't know their story of, of where they are with God, but I know that God's call even on my life still to this day is to help people get out of uh, sin patterns. And I, too, have one and had one. And so I look at that and I'm going, I can tell you that this area of my life, this area of my life, this area of my life, things that I tried so earnestly to see done, I, I, I could not do it. And yet I look and I go, they're gone. And I know that's, that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, why, why are we afraid to talk about the very thing? that jesus paid the price for and he laughs in the face of sin because it lost its power and he wants us to live that victorious repentant life
0: mm, and i think you may have just answered a little bit of this question but you know we, we do know it's difficult to talk about our sin and our sin patterns and, and kind of where we go in a lot of that but but let's just be real clear on why, why is this so important us to talk about and for people to kind of
1: wrestle with man there are so many things that come to my mind one one of them is you know the truth is is that even for for the believer and we're going to be looking at some verses this this the struggle with sin and yet how we are so ashamed of our our sin it keeps us from living those two things in a way sometimes that helps us to feel victorious And the fact is, is that I am victorious because of Christ. And that is, he wants it to be fleshed through me to see God, his perfection in me, overcome that struggle. And yet if I'm ashamed of it, how could I do that? Yeah. Because he's not. ashamed of that. So the whole way of living a victorious Christian life is not just to try to get the sin out of your life. It's to realize that it's already out for the believer and that you can live victorious. Sin was defeated, not because of you trying, but because of his death. And so for me to wrap my mind around that is the process to live a victorious life in that it lost its power. Mm-hmm. Even in my struggle for it, yeah. I, in this life until I see him, it lost its power. Why am I allowing it to have power? Because I'm so ashamed to even talk about it.
0: In so many of these conversations, the piece of scripture that comes to mind for me is just, you know, there's no condemnation yeah. for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And I think we've kind of talked about that in different ways in the past, but, but what you're describing is we live in a world of of self-condemnation and we mm-hmm. believe other people are looking at us with condemnations and and, and it's just hard to step out from yeah. under that yeah and and just be honest and be open and to to realize that we live with sort of a freedom yeah. that comes from from not being under the bondage of that sin anymore but yet we have this mind of condemnation so yeah. often
1: that's oh. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know the word says that, but I, I want to discover that and live in that. Oh, yeah. And I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit's conviction. And there's reasons why uh, that we'll talk about. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we got a lot to talk about on this topic, uh, not just today, but also next time we're together. But before we really, really dive in, we are going to take a quick break. So you're listening to A Voice of Hope.
2: Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with A Voice of Hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Christ, and their guest, It's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together.
0: Welcome back to the Voice of Hope, Chris Sasser, along with Troy Peverall. Don't forget, uh, we want to hear your story. What we're talking about uh, in this episode is really a repentance and and uh, really the way that God offers us mercy and grace in the, in the midst of our story and our path of repentance. You can go to mi1.net, mi1.net. That's the website for a voice of hope. And in the top right-hand corner, it says, email us. We would love to hear your story of repentance. And so just go there, uh, send it to us really quickly, uh, because, you know, we're all trying to walk towards Jesus through this path of repentance and we want to do it together with you. So send us your stories. Troy, I know there's some things that you want to say, primarily to believers, I guess, as we get started, um, and kind of some disclaimers, if you will.
1: Yeah, the the first disclaimer I guess I would make to everyone is just from a passage here, and this came really strongly uh, to my attention at the beginning of this year, Um, just thinking about uh, the state of our world, our nation, um, people's lives. And the passage, is, to me, is just very weighty, very good, and very uh, directive on what we need to do. And the verse is out of Second Chronicles 7.14. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith, face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And that verse was just, to me, it's like, if you look at this, it's like, okay, first, it's a message to the people of God. The second is our posture before him as seen through the following is to, first of all, humble ourselves and to do the first thing, which is to pray, seek my face or his face, turn from our wicked ways uh, and then the promise is that he will hear from us, forgive us of our sin, and will heal our land. And I look at that and I go, my own little land needs healed. My, our, our nation needs healing. Our, the, good, the globe needs healing. And God gives a way for this to happen. And it's to posture ourselves before him uh, and pray and seek and turn from the things that are destroying our lives.
0: What would you say to people who hear that verse and they see um, like a lot of effort that is necessary on my part Mm -hmm. there, (laughs) you know, like uh, I got to humble myself. I got to pray. I got to seek his face. I got to turn.
1: Right. (laughs) You know,
0: you know, like it feels like, uh, does it feel overwhelming um, even as a believer to try to step into all of that in the midst of the chaos of the world?
1: I do believe so without Christ because that, you know, the Lord said, no man can come to me except through the Son." And so if we look at this, you're right, it does look overwhelming. If we put in the fact that no women look to Jesus here first in light of this verse, it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? And it's like, if my only way to God is through Jesus, then at least he's, first of all, he's made a way for me to him. And in this process, what he's really after is not just the dealing of our sin, but a relationship of which sin gets in the way of that. And so initially, this is the process towards God. And when we do that, we get the benefits of it. So I look at this and I go, you're right. It's the hardest thing to do because our flesh can't do it. Our flesh won't go towards God. But when we posture ourselves through Christ to go towards God in this way, it makes it happen.
0: Well, I think too, um, you know, as you were talking there, thinking through when, um, when Paul says, uh, when I am weak is when he is strong, yeah. which goes to what you're talking about when it comes to yeah. a posture. Yeah. I have to, I, I was taking some of those things as, oh, you, you have to do this. You have to have mm-hmm. the strength to, to, to turn to pray to all these things. And you're absolutely right, Troy. Yeah. Like, I can't do that. I've got to humble myself and be weak, and let Jesus do that through me.
1: You know, and when I do, also in my own life, like I'm uh, very aware sometimes, like of the difficulty to do this, and it really all I can say is the the feeling is just uh, I don't want to do this, and that's the thing that's like that's what we're calling hard. But when I actually go and get on my knees and and pray, I'm I. I can't when I leave that place, I have this thought in my mind like well, this was so much easier and God really does meet me there and make this so much better. It's like all it was we're talking that was difficult is just to do this. Yeah. Just go there.
0: Yeah. Well, I haven't I been doing this all along? <laughs> I know, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's true. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh what's what's another disclaimer that you've got for folks?
1: Um you know, the other thing is that just when I think about the prayer and, and seeking his face, I was thinking about this. Um, just the whole idea of seeking his face to me is that this is a real person. This is a real place. Jesus is a real person that we're, we're looking for. And that in that right there to me says he's the answer here. You know, this is not seek just church life, not seek the disciplines of the Christian faith, uh, Christian faith, it's to seek His face, um, and then to turn from our wicked ways. You know, this past year when I read this at the beginning of the year, I I did do this. I got on my knees and I prayed, God, show me my show me the wicked ways. Show, what are my wicked ways? Because if you were to ask me, I probably could tell you a few things. Maybe if I thought about it. But when I address him, it's like, wait a minute, that's who I really want to hear from. So God, what do you, what do you want to show me? And I, even as we're sitting here talking about this, if I went back through this past year and go, what have I learned about myself that I didn't know? I have learned more about my wicked ways, and they're not my actions only. They're also, they're also things like my heart my impatience, my, my desire to have things go the way they're supposed to go. And I look at that and I go, well, would you call that wicked? I would call anything wicked if it stands in the way of my experiencing what God is really after, which is this relationship. Mm-hmm. What is more wicked than to keep me away from God? And I'm not calling myself wicked. I'm, talking my, I'm calling my ways wicked. I'm calling my ways the way the things that interrupt my, me and the Lord in that relationship. He's not just about cleaning us up. He's about letting us live up to and with him. Mm -hmm. And that's a story of victory. And so um, that comes to my mind when I think about our wicked ways. Um, then Then the two promises, that he will forgive us. And there's another passage that talks about not just forgiving us, but cleansing us. And then this part here is like, who of us, who listening right now could honestly say, that your world and your community and your nation and our globe does not need healing. I mean, can anyone put your hand
0: down, please? If you raise your hand.
1: Yeah. And so I'm like, God, this process with you face to face with you, of this personal relationship, seeing this happen, there's the benefit of not just what it does to us and his forgiving us and cleansing us. He is going to come and heal through this collectively you imagine believers across the globe starting to do this. And I've heard people say that before God intervenes and heals a world, he'll heal his people. He'll cleanse his people. So it's just like, church, that, that means us. He starts with us. How can we just look over there and, and say, what's wrong with all this out there when we can't look at in here, right here? God, what do you want to do here? You know, and if I say, well, my sin isn't as bad as they're over there, I'm just weakening the whole thing because it's not just the sin, it's the nature and where that goes without God personally. So
0: yeah, talk talk more to the believer who has maybe a propensity to do that, to sort of point the finger in other places and to sort of be judgmental, if you will, towards uh, folks, because I I mean, if I'm totally honest, I, I do it at times. Well, yeah, it's hard.
1: You know, you've asked me a question and go, and sometimes I'm like, man, did I ever even answer it? So <laughs> the first disclaimer was that this, this message in this passage is for, um, the listener who needs to repent. And that's all of us. And so the second disclaimer gets at what you're asking here, and this is not for the listener to judge the other. And so this, if this is an evaluation, it's not how I evaluate others. It's a self-evaluation, <laughs> right? It's really right. It's an evaluation <laughs> with God for me. So every believer needs to take his finger down and not point it anywhere. And just, wait a minute, do this with just you and him. Is all the other stuff happening? Yeah, but do this with you because the order is not, hey, if you guys would just look around at all the, all the world and the globe and everybody, how everybody's falling apart, if you'll just realize that, then I'm going to do something about it. His order is, no, stop that. Do this to yourself with me and collectively, he will hear at some point. And then he will do this to those Mm -hmm. out there. And so this starts with stop judging other people. Let God evaluate this for just you. And here's a verse. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same thing? Uh-oh. Yeah. And so what is the verse that says before you get the... Out of the, other the, the sawdust out of someone <laughs> else's,
0: I remove the plank out of the, your own, or, out of your own. <clears throat> yeah, the speck yeah. out of someone else's. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so true. Yeah, so true. So, okay, we've only got uh, just a few minutes left, and obviously, this is a really big conversation that, that I mentioned we're going to be having for a couple of different weeks. And so, Troy, what would you say if someone's listening today? What What do they need to do, kind of, with today's message? I think th-
1: just realize the assurance to this verse here is from the lord he promises something here for us and here's a verse i would just throw in there and i have memorized this years ago but when it comes to this specifically um i just thought wow this is pretty interesting so out of jeremiah 33 3 he says call to me and i will answer you and tell you great and mighty things that you do not know so think about that verse for a second I know it's applicable to Jeremiah during the day, but just to ask the Lord, God, what great and mighty things do you want to tell me about me and you? And listen to what he would show you. Watch what he shows you. And you'll see that really there is so much God wants to say simply because you postured yourself to do this right with him.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of one of the things I think I've heard from you most today is it really is all about our posture. It's about kind of our posture before God and our willingness to sort of take a look at who we really are mm-hmm. and how we really think and how we really act and how we really respond yeah. and, and step into kind of a, a life of faith differently, <clears throat> understanding the grace and mercy that he gives us yeah. and living through that and that freedom instead of the shame and the guilt and the condemnation and all the other things that, that, that hold us back right. in a big way. That's so good. Chris. Yeah. So we would love to hear your story of, uh, of repentance. So again, you can always go to mi1.net and specifically uh, you can go there click on the top right and uh, email us and tell us your story. We're thankful to kind of be on this journey with you and we will talk to you again next time on a voice of hope.